Thank you, Ray, for reading the word for us. We'll continue today the sermon we began last Sunday, Living Victoriously. God has a word for you today. You can join me in prayer. It is a very simple prayer. God, speak to me. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, as you are listening to our prayers, we thank you for your love to us in Jesus Christ. We thank you for lifting us up victoriously over troubles and trials each day. We thank you for the glory that you have set before us to honor us as your children. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for this congregation. We thank you for Kobe Union Church and what it means to this community. Please continue to bless us with vibrant members. Please continue to bless us with your presence here. In Jesus' name, amen. The Christian life, by its very nature, is victorious because Jesus has conquered sin and death. And we are made partakers of his victory through faith. The question that often confronts and confounds most Christians is that the doctrinal revelation of that truth, but the daily revelation of that truth. The Bible says that the victory is ours, but sometimes we wonder, where is that? Well, in Romans chapter 8, Paul is defining for us and delineating for us just how we can have that experience, not just in the word, but in our daily walk. To have victory in the Christian life, we need to have victory over five foes that Satan throws at us that cause us to live as victims rather than victors. These five foes are doubt, defeat, discouragement, disappointment, and distress. In last week's sermon, we looked at doubt and defeat. Today, we'll consider victory over discouragement, disappointment, and distress. When we became Christians, we were baptized into the body of Christ, and he bestowed upon us the Holy Spirit as our comforter and guide. So now we stand on a foundation of Christ Jesus. Also, we swear allegiance to God, who the Bible says has given us the victory in Jesus Christ. We have also been adopted as children into the family of God. We can be loved by the Father, led by the Spirit, and lifted by the Son. That is our foundation. Please never forget it. In verses 18 through 27, Paul addresses victory over discouragement. And it is really quite simple. Encouragement. The problem is when we look at the world around us, we can't help but be discouraged 
Voices of discouragement are all around us. Read the newspapers daily, magazines, radio news, TV news. All around us, we see that we are, in human terms, heading for disaster. But what Paul presents to us is a view in spiritual terms. What we have or don't have as a children of God does not compare to what the world expects for us. We can be encouraged that in all of the troubles, our lives are going to receive a positive response. The Holy Spirit who resides in us intercedes for us. He is the one who lets God know what is going on in our lives. He knows us better than we know ourselves. When we can't utter any words, he takes the things that are deep, too deep for us to mention and reveals them to God. He resides within us and he knows our innermost thoughts and dreams and weaknesses better than we know ourselves. There's no need for us to be discouraged or frustrated because the glory of God is our future. Paul talks about victory over disappointment in verses 28 through 30. For some people, this is their favorite passage in the book of Romans because here's the promise that God controls the lives of those who are called according to his purpose. There are two reasons that we can have victory over disappointment of life. First, because of a divine purpose that God is going to fulfill within us. We are certain of that purpose. Paul says, we know without any doubt that God is going to work things out for us. We know for certain that all things not just some things, will work together for good. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, okay, I do have someone listening there, thank you. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> now, not all things that happen are good. If you have an automobile accident and your car is totaled and you have two broken legs, that's not good. Hmm. but it makes no difference how great your disappointment, it will turn out for God's glory. We have examples of people who have been maimed and have become wonderful Christian witnesses throughout the world. God has turned their catastrophe into glory, and he'll do it for you too. A good example of how something can work for our good is something that we probably use every day. Salt. Salt is made up of sodium and chloride. Either one of those alone can kill you. But brought together, 
they can please your palate and refresh your body uh, be a good benefit for the, your next meal. <laughs> God can combine things together to work for your good. Yes, even salt. In the Old Testament, Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. When he finally had a chance to get even, he didn't. Instead, he told them that what they had done to him was evil. But God had meant it for good. Wow, what a wonderful view of life. Every time I read that story from the Old Testament, I have tears in my eyes. Such marvelous forgiveness. Just pray that God could give me that same strength of forgiveness. And I believe he can. When bad things happen to us, understand that God works all of them for our good because he loves us and we love him. And we are called according to his purpose. The second reason we can have victory over disappointment is that God has predetermined something for us. God is omniscient, so he knows who will or will not accept salvation. Those who accept Jesus as their savior will go to heaven, and those who do not, those who refuse him, will go to hell. But salvation is offered freely to all people because God loves all of the world. He wishes that none will perish. However, we do have a free will to choose what we want to do. But God also has a foreknowledge of us. He knows how we will probably choose. God has predestined two destinies, heaven and hell. He has a plan to get heaven into us, but if we reject it, we get a one-way ticket to hell. The Lord has prepared a destination for every person who comes to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. He does not predestine the person, but he does predestine the plan. The plan is laid out, and if you choose it, you will go to heaven. We have a calling. God's Spirit calls us to Jesus. The work of God is through the work of the Holy Spirit leading us into a relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible says we are justified when we respond to that calling to Jesus by faith, believing he has redeemed us from our sins and offers us a new spiritual life. When we are justified, God sees us just as if we had never sinned. By the way, if sin is not clear to you, it means living your way or living my way and not God's way. If you don't know God's way, read the Bible. It's very clear through every book in the Bible. Uh, 
wonderful way to get to know God's way is read his word. When we have been justified, we will automatically be glorified or given honor as a child of God. There's no doubt about it. However, to live a sanctified life, a life that is holy or set apart for God, you will have to consult the Holy Spirit daily so that you can walk in a path of righteousness. You decide every day not to be led by the things of this world, but by the Holy Spirit. We are actually commanded to do that as Christians. In all of, us, all of this, please understand that Jesus did not die to get you into heaven. He died to get heaven into you. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we are to conform to Jesus Christ. Finally, Paul talks about victory over distress in verses 31 through 39. What kind of conclusion can we draw from what Paul has written? Since we have victory over doubt, defeat, discouragement, disappointment, there's only one conclusion. We also have victory over distress. Because God is for us, who can be against us? With that in mind, we should never become distressed. Nothing can ever separate us from God's love, the Spirit's power, or eternal life. Paul gives us a list to remind us of our position and the freedom it entails. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What a firm foundation we have to be victorious over all our trials in life. Yes, in Christ Jesus you have victory over doubt, over defeat, over discouragement, over distress. Today, if you haven't done so, I invite you to receive God's Son as your Savior. Admit that you are a sinner. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Believe that God has in his grace given you his only son to take the punishment for your sin and forgive you of that sin. Then commit yourself to God's way. He will gift you with the Holy Spirit to help you live victoriously. If you would like to make that decision today, this morning, you're welcome to come down here after the service and talk with one of the ministers here. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that in 
Christ Jesus, we can live a victorious life over trials and troubles and tribulation. We thank you for lifting us up, Jesus, that we may live a life of love, joy, and peace. We thank you for your love to us, Heavenly Father, that you have saved us for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, please rise for the hymn.